hi guys. Welcome to another episode of Chronic Relief. Yay. No, um, today I have, it's a hybrid episode, which I like to do sometimes because uh, three is better than two. The word of the year is thruple. I learned about it the other yep. day. Thruple. Have you We're heard about this? Yeah, it's a thruple when you're in a thruple. when you're dating a couple. We're having an yeah. audio thruple right yeah, now. Yeah, it's a audio. It's a pod. No, I'm not it's consenting a, to it's it. It's a pod but, thruple. Well, Sorry. I'm yeah, I, I kind of dropped this. On that one. Uh, I kind of dropped this uh, in uh, Jocelyn's lap in the last minute. But anyways, nice. um, I have two really great guests today. I have. Um, comedian Matt Edgar also he's not just a comedian he's also my boyfriend but he's also not just my boyfriend he's a comedian <laughs> and I two identities like, yeah. holding strong yeah, yeah I wanna, I'm gonna tell people to bring me up to that yeah. my credits. <laughs> he's a, not just a comedian he's Rachel Wolfson's boyfriend yeah. when I was living in New York I got recognized on the street for being Rachel Wolfson's boyfriend power move hey you're and I'm like yeah I'm getting ready to like oh he must have seen me on this is not happening nope <laughs> Rachel Wolfson's Instagram, boyfriend. and you're like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It. I, yeah, it's a good <laughs> credit that. to have. Um, so, and then also, I have um, one of my favorite comedians from Las Vegas, comedian nice. Jocelyn Sharp. And thanks for coming. Hi, thanks, thanks for having me. The comedy store today, and we got really high before the podcast. As I, nor- that's like kind of the ritual. Yeah. Um, and uh, we went for a walk. We got our coffees, and yeah. I'm stoked that you're here. I'm really stoked. Thank you for asking me. Um, I love that text I got at like one in the morning. I'm sorry. Earlier yeah. this week where it was like, like, why can't you live in L.A.? No, I know. <laughs> but like that's honestly it was because I've been trying to get you on the podcast yeah. for a while and she's super busy. She's always on the road performing. Um, if you ever are in Vegas or get a chance, you've got to go see her. And the way we met was when I first started comedy, I was probably like a year into comedy and it was my first time. Um, getting asked to open for a comedian um, on a show at the LA Comedy Club in Vegas. And was it, were you on the show? Yeah, it was somebody. Oh yeah. What happened was, is the headliner, like <laughs> we won't say that this person's name, but they weren't able to make the show. But like, I still, me and Sam, my friend, Sam Grody, who yep. was on the podcast last week, great episode. Uh, we still committed and like, t- we both have family there. So, you know, here's the thing about my parents, like once you tell them something like this, like they will invite literally the whole family, the whole town, the whole office, like they'll shout it from the rooftops. Their first time seeing their daughter do stand up. And so you were on the show because I was supposed to do that show that whole week. Yeah. And, uh, I think they just brought somebody in to fill in if I remember correctly. And we all did a little bit longer sets. Right. So that's how I first met you yeah. and I saw her set and I was like blown away. Like right. I was just, I was just starting out, you know, I was very nervous. I'm like, I'm aware, you know, my parents are looking at me still not taking it seriously. That's such a weird show. Oh, the first no. time your parents it's, come oh, is man. such a weird show. It's not real for them yet. I can just yet. see the smiles on their faces of like support, but like, you know, it, but I would, you know, you know, the type of laughs that you, there's certain type of laughs you get like uncomfortable laughs and like supportive laughs and like fake laughs. And you get like genuine laughter and, you know, claps and it's, you you know, so like, I'm very much aware in retrospect, like how new I was doing that show. And then when I saw Jocelyn, I was like, wow, I always tell her the story every time I see her. I'm like, (laughs) my mind was blown. I like, I fell in love with you as a comedian in that moment. Always, I felt the same way though. That's so funny. The way you tell the story, it's like not how I remember it at all. You're so supportive of, (laughs) you know, you're having a rough set, (laughs) but I'm very hard on myself. Yeah. You know? And, but you really have seen me 
and have given me so much stage time. And like the Vegas community is such a new comedy community. And I feel like I'm watching it kind of grow from this. Like I'm, I'm like, um, a part, I'm like LA comedy or Vegas comedy adjacent. Yeah. Like I'm a, I'm in between LA and Vegas. I like think I, people basically think of you as part of this right. at this point. And I love, and it, that means so much to me. Cause I, I love literally every single Vegas comic that I've met. They're all so great and just so we're lucky, cool. And it's a great scene. And like, if you ever get a chance to witness the drama of the Las Vegas (laughs) comedy scene on Facebook and you just like have a long poop, you should definitely check it out. It's like like one of it's like a show I tune in for. Yeah. So well, and it's funny because like there's only like three people in those threads that are taking the drama seriously. Like everybody else is just trying to be the funniest meme about the drama. That's 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 the the, best part. So entertaining. And usually the thing about Vegas is see the thing about the the L.A. drama, I guess it's maybe kind of similar and kind of different, but Vegas is such a transient city. So you get a lot of comics always posting in the Facebook groups like, hey, I'm coming to town. I'm from this place. And like that's usually where the drama ensues because you guys are such a tight knit group and becoming this family that like has never existed before. Yeah. Like you are literally a part of a of of an up and coming scene, like the first yeah, because you know? we our scene was like all in bars for a long, long, many years. And LA Comedy Club was really the only club putting up locals. Um, Laugh Factory and Brad's puts up a select few locals. Um, right. But outside of that, it was very minimal stage time wise. And then it like almost died. Like we had we had almost no stage time. And then all of a sudden now we're at this, you know, the comedy revolution has hit Vegas in a big way where we have had four comedy clubs open in the past year. Right. And, you know, with the addition of all that, there's more stage time for locals. Plus the indie scene has grown to this, like where open mics have regulars that come out to watch open mics now. And like, it's this whole new thing where, um, you can, does it, does, do I sound weird? Am I high? No. I sound so weird to no. me. Well, you're definitely hot. We're all very high. No, but everything that you're saying. Not to be a stereotype. No, no, but no. I, no, no, no. It's, listeners, if uh, she sounds weird, write in. It, it is. Let us know. Yeah, it is. It is. She high. My headphones, I think, sound weird. Oh, is it? Todd, check the, Are they fizzing? No, it just sounds like I'm in a tin can. It's very, Can you um, help I, I hear you clear as day. Okay, yeah. good. I just wanted to make sure because it sounds very weird in my head. You sound, uh, well, you also, if you don't want to wear the headphones, you don't have to. Oh, here's Todd. Todd's our friendly. Uh, oh, hi, Todd. Todd's, um, Todd's I didn't mean to be under... a diva about it. Now, no, see, no, please. This, this is... is a thing. My dad heard a rumor about me at his job that I'm a diva um, from a comedian that was gambling at my dad's job. <laughs> no way. Are you Vegas born and raised? No. Where are you originally from? I'm originally from rural Nevada, Fallon, Nevada, middle of nowhere. Okay. So uh, yeah. Nevada. there's a whole lot of Nevada. You're battle yeah. born. Yeah. It's six is hours it north. Of, six hours. Of Jesus Las Vegas. Yeah. Is it better? No, but it's fine. Okay. Uh, it's probably just my ears. Are you clo- so. You're closer to Reno? I'm, I grew up 60 miles east of Reno. Yeah. Oh, use that one. He said. Oh, use this one. Maybe that's why. Maybe I'm using the wrong headphones. Maybe that's a thing. Well, we want you to be comfortable here at the Chronicle <laughs> podcast. But we're between two fake plants and we want real sound. So, yeah. yeah, I grew up in the middle of nowhere in Nevada. That's um. so for my family just all kind of migrated to Vegas. How's that sound? It sounds the same. Oh, no, it's better. That's better. Okay, it's better. Sweet. Yeah, Great. it's better. So what matters is 
if it sounds good to you. It's, yeah. <laughs> that's all that I care about. Sounds all good of that. <laughs> Listeners, they could. They can, yeah, they can fuck off. You guys no. can pause or 15 seconds yeah. forward this. Yeah, take you a don't. hit during this time. This is your time to roll up a little spliff slip. Yes. Doobie. But uh, yes, long story short, I, I am Fan- your battle born. born. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so growing up in Nevada in a small town like Fallon, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't so know. It, ma- it makes me laugh when other people say my hometown name because you can tell they have no picture like in their Pahrump? brain. No, they I have think, no idea. <laughs> you are picturing correct. I, it's very. I much see like it. Pahrump. I see what I see in my brain is like somewhere outside of Reno. It's it's very it's like flat. Up. It feels very outside of Reno. It's in the mountains valley. in the horizon. Oh, there's valleys. OK, yeah, well, because it's in the it's inside of the mountains. So you mm. see mountains on all corners. So they get all the seasons that I grew up with snow. I grew up with fall. I grew up with spring. Right. I grew up with summer. Um, but it's like still. All of the original buildings from Main Street are still there from like 1917. Wow. Oh, it's like old small town. <laughs> yeah, they've just like renovated it. Like they put a super Walmart on one end of the main street. Huge. And like the most popular restaurant has its own greenhouse. Like it's weirdly like organic oh, and I love like that. farmy. Nice. Um everybody's into like locally sourced stuff. Yeah. Um and it's very predominantly like sustainable. Mormon. Yeah. Yeah, very yeah. local and sustainable. Yeah. That's so cool. And your parent what to, at when did you move to Vegas? I moved to Vegas eight years ago. Is that when you started comedy was in Vegas? Yeah. Well, I, I moved to Vegas seven years ago because I started comedy the month after I moved to Vegas. Where was your first time? It was at Meathead's open mic. It was a Raiders bar on Charleston. No way. And Jones. And uh, yeah, it was. What made you want to do that? I wanted to just stand up my whole life. I was in a really shitty relationship. And before I moved to Vegas and when I had confided that I wanted to do that, the guy I was with was like, wow, you're not funny. And I was like, oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> that was crazy. And I just like went on with my life, no. you know, like thinking, you know, nothing of it. And then the first person I met when I moved to Vegas was Bobby Wayne Stotts. And, <gasps> and we, yeah. we dated another we, Vegas comic. <laughs> we went on like two dates and then we were like, oh, we're better as friends. But then that, consequently, all the people I met when I first moved to Vegas were standups. And it was just like a sign. Yeah. And I like confided in one of them drunkenly one night that I wanted, well, in one of them, um, I am the elusive girl that is a comics boyfriend that then became a comedian. I love uh, it. So I started as a comics boy. Miss Maisel. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I started as a comics girlfriend, and then um, he doesn't is do that, comedy anymore. Is that a, a fact of the show? I think it is. Yeah, she's she's the girlfriend of a shitty comic, apparently. And then she starts doing it yeah. and starts taking over. Yeah, okay. I'm. I'm not gonna say he was a shitty comic, but he doesn't do comedy anymore. Um, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. There you go. That's basically how it started for me. And then uh, I didn't have like the traditional like at 8 a.m. the day I did comedy the first time I knew I was gonna do it. So I had like all day because the girl who ran the open might text me and she's like I'm putting you up tonight Mm -hmm. and so I didn't like really have a choice I was just sort of like oh and I spent all day uh, evacuating my bowels over and over I was just seriously I was about to ask you how many hours in the bathroom so many hours like literally I was shitting all day I was how many minutes did you do Five. I did. So you got three minutes and then you got to do five if you were doing well and she and I got to like four and a half before I bailed Wow. It's on YouTube. If you search Jocelyn Sharp first time stand up, really? it's on YouTube. You're so brave for putting <laughs> yeah, that out there. So here's the thing. That's like releasing nudes. Here's yeah. the thing is, <laughs> <For> comedian. <laughs> is that it's on my old YouTube. 
I've tried to take it down several times. I've no. tried to get into the account several times. And now I think it's the universe being like, just keep this up to constantly humble yourself. Yes. Because like anytime I feel too happy, I just like watch that. And I'm like, oh yeah, this is who I am. <laughs> you got to bring yourself back down to reality. <laughs> get back to work. Oh my God. That's like literally a nightmare of mine. <laughs> to have your first time on? Well, I have it. It's on YouTube. Eesh. It's on YouTube, but it's hidden. Because oh. like I, for some reason, when I first started stand up, like it was before I learned, you know, the, the, the like unspoken code of stand up, like, you know, maybe. But also there are some people who just like people like to see a success story. They like yeah. to see a journey. And that's just the world we live in. They like a story. And like, there's no shame in that. And I have early stand up on there, which I've hidden. And like, I had, you know, the yeah. Laugh Factory posted a six minute video of mine, you know, and like some of those jokes I don't even do anymore. And like, yeah. I'm still working on some of them and maybe I didn't want, you know, whatever, but I'm still, it's like, whatever. I think people like to see growth. That's kind of, I mean, they can see that it's seven years ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, and they know that people will comment, be like, oh, wow, look how far right. she's come in a year or something. It's not on my main channel either. It's like an old, old channel. No, I don't even use. It. Also, this is this is a relatively new phenomena yeah. in comedy because I started in 2007 and there was no, I mean, YouTube was brand new. There was definitely no Twitter or real social media. Yeah. I think you still had to be a college student to Get go on, on Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. Uh, so there were, really weren't videos. So thank God, you know what I mean. Like I would, I would hate for people to have seen my. I, first I'm not time. gonna sit here and pretend. I'd rather they watch my first time having sex. This yeah. is the the it, ASMR <laughs> part of the me wiping wet yeah. coffee off my breasts. Um, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. I had. Been, I feel like you were probably amazing. It was. First time. It was fine. I had been building up to that moment for five years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I'd been obsessing about it for five. Did you years. have? Right, did you already have jokes? So many. I had three legal pads full. I love that. Which <laughs> Do you remember any of your first, like the first joke? Oh God. They were also, if you go through the, I have these legal pads because someday I just want to like digitize them to share because it's, it makes me laugh. Cause it's like the ramblings of a serial killer. <laughs> yeah. Like, because I've never been on stage. I don't know how to tell a joke. So it's, there's too much detail. Right. It's just like this, like Elizabethan prose. Like I'm trying <laughs> to be so smart and like, I think I'm so funny and I'm like putting ellipses in where I think laughs are going to be. It's yeah. just like so crazy. Were you watching, uh, were you consuming comedy at that point? Like we're, I started consuming comedy when I was 12, yep, like obsessively. Obs yeah. It's all started with Stephen Lynch. Okay. And then it like snowballed. So I discovered musical comedy first. Oh, interesting. And which is like, do a, you sing? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like, I don't know if I knew that about you. A lot of people don't. I don't share it very no wonder often. You're perfect for TikTok. <laughs> like, yeah. I was you're a, a musical theater star. nerd. I was in musical theater troupe for eight years. Really? Yeah. So um, we did shows all over Northern Nevada, um, mostly for like elementary schools. I feel and like for in Fallon, Nevada, you either like have to either get into the arts or do math. Yeah. You can do <laughs> that or be Mormon. Like that's you know, the third option. Or like religion. Yeah. Be it's Mormon. like, you know, either way you're addicted yeah. to something. Then your weekends are all about making it to old Navy before it opens. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I didn't totally, wanna, I didn't who, want that. Who are, also, who are some of your other favorite comedians? Well, what, it was what like, inspired you. Uh, it was like, I saw that. And then I saw, question, um, Brian Regan's half hour. Oh, he was one of my favorites. I and mean, I used to try to sound like him when I first started. I could, you, I used to be able to quote his you like, too. Entire, yes. Like, <laughs> hope you do. If you ever fly in the future, I've probably introduced <laughs> more rednecks and bros in Northern Nevada to Brian Regan. Yeah. Wow. Than any, oh, I've, I've like, introduced, I've definitely introduced more kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like hipsters to like, because you wouldn't know no. he's such a family guy, but yes, he's the one that I am fully confident that everybody, every group, 
I don't think there's a group that wouldn't laugh at Brian Regan. Right. I think he's fun for everyone. Yeah. Well, and Whereas then if I, I show, I can't show, there's a lot of people I can't show Patrice O'Neill to. Right. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. A lot of people. Which he'd yeah. be my favorite. About 51% of the population yeah. you can't exactly. show it to. <laughs> I mean, it's offensive to me. Yeah. I love it. But, <laughs> me you know, too. But, that's but if you're not a comedian or if you get offended, maybe not, you know. But yeah, there's Brian something Regan's for everyone. It, I was, it was I, Brian Regan. For, he's well, someone for everyone. And I also was in middle school when Dane Cook's half hour came out. Oh, oh middle yeah. school. I mean, Dane Cook we talk was. talk about uh, Dane Cook all the that, time. That yeah, half yeah. hour was like life changing for the, me. The yeah. black, uh, the white the black beater, tank top. The you know, drum kid it, in the he back. was the first, you know, he jumped in the audience and he did all this stuff that it was just like so different from anything I'd ever seen. Yeah. yeah. And then I went and saw him live, which is like a life changing experience yeah. for me. Like, I will always ride or die with Dane Cook because seeing him live. are the same way. Hey, Dane changed. Harmful Swallow changed the best. It's yeah. the best album. I had to, my friends showed me that in their car and we had to pull over to laugh. Like we pulled over and yeah. then like, that's like, that's my dream, man. Having those bits that are so popular that you pass them around. Like he's got Kool-Aid, Matt. He, he's got hits. They're like, yes. like they're albums. Yeah, yeah like right, hit, right. Hit yeah. Yes. He was like, he's like a pop star. Chicken you know what I mean? Tenders. Oh my yes. God. Sour sauce. Yes. So I used to quote Dane Cook jokes to get laid. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. That is it's my dream to meet him yeah. and tell him that. This is that's also, what dating growing up was like, was like LOLing over Dane, Dane Cook. Cook By the way, yeah. this is also the, the demise of Dane Cook is that it got annoying because the worst people were coding. Right. It's like not even. It's like it's like Borat. It's <laughs> yes. like I'm sure yeah. that was funny for a minute. For a minute but once yes. everybody that's not funny started doing it, I was it, in right. college when I first Annoying. discovered. Well, I Dane think that Cook. it was people don't people only like you to be so successful, and I think yeah. that the last two years and have he proved was so that huge. He was so huge. I mean, that's. I mean, like that. I lear- like when I first heard Dan Cook. I don't think I had ever like I had never laughed like that before. No, and it was like almost like in a drug trance. You know, I wanted more. And like I was living on the East Coast at the time I was in Vermont and I knew he was a Boston comic and like everyone around me loved Dane Cook. And I just they were obsessed with his Mm -hmm. albums. I remember going to Best Buy and going and buying. I found I stole his jokes off um, Napster. That's but that's that's OG fan because that's what he was doing. I drove an hour to the Reno Best Buy. No, no, no. no, But Dane (laughs) wanted that. You could have just hit me up, babe. I would have I would have burned it for you. Dane was uploading his stand. I burned his. I burned his. I burned his jokes. Well, and my CD. I think he was one of the my own album. Of Dane Cook. I have like a mix. Like and it's like all from the wrong albums. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's my own favorite it's got joke. Those, it's hit. those weird Miami drops it's, where it's like, bram, bram, bram. it's my own. It has you my own. sound effects over Dane Cook. Own version. <laughs> Exclusive. It's like I, I'm all my favorite Dane Cook uh, jokes, but. You know, that was really it for me. Dane Cook was like solidified what? it. It's yep. all after Dan, after Dane's half hour. All I cared about it was, was stand up. It's the only thing I before that comedy to me. Well, I was such a fan. Of, like when I was a kid, when I was in high school, Chris Rock was my favorite mm, comedian. Yeah. You couldn't tell me anybody was funnier than Chris Rock. But as a kid, he's like an adult. As I got older, I went, I kind of even got like Jerry Seinfeld, yeah. like a huge Seinfeld thing. I, he only had one album, but I knew it word for word. I listened to it. Well, so much. I, I grew up like ups, I've, I am. Can I cuss? Yeah. I am fucking obsessed with Kathleen Madigan. You know, I think she's one of the most brilliant comedians oh, to ever grace a stage. I, and yeah. f- that, but it's the same thing. It's like, I felt so removed from that life experience as a kid. Right. You know? Well, it's almost like they're, my, my parents are young. So like my dad was like, is like Dane's age. You know what I'm oh, saying? Okay. Yeah. And, and like, uh, so Dane could, could be your dad. Jer- yeah. Jerry Seinfeld seemed more, oh no, no. Jerry Seinfeld. It's just, well, he's older than my dad by a lot, like maybe a decade, but I felt like he was more like 
my dad, which yeah. is like when you're a kid, when I don't know if it's a bo- just a universal boy thing, but people that are if you have a funny dad, that's like your sense of humor. Like you see it in every like you want it. That's what I Jerry Seinfeld reminded my dad. So I loved it so much. But then Dane came out and he reminded me he was the first like dude. To yeah, do comedy. Right. That was the first like, comic I saw I, I wanted relate. to like have sex with. <laughs> I mean, that's so funny. He was such a bro, and I'm from yeah. where I'm where I grew up was so bro like the beach, like yeah. I'm Long Beach, Seal Beach, right? Kind of, like it was a bro culture. So Dane coming out, you like, could hang out with them. Yeah, you yeah. Reminded, I knew I knew I had friends like him. Mm-hmm. Right. It made me go like fuck. I want like well, this mo- it seems more realistic. We're talking about the 2000 to 2010 decade of comedy where there was still a lot of leftovers from late 80s comedy where you would see a lot of the same yeah. style over and over again. Oh yeah. So that's why dark age for th- comedy. That's why Dane and and stuff stood out for me. I mean, all my favorites had like standout half hours. The Sklar Brothers, mm-hmm. like they had a standout half hour during that time like that was the chopper for half hour um dane brian regan's like i if i saw that first part of the comedy central half hour even if i had seen it i would sit down right even if i didn't like it even even bill burr bill burr jimmy schubert jimmy schubert was amazing yeah yeah. mark maron i love those half i wish they i I guess they still do them but now i'm just so involved in it what was your like hierarchy of stand-up shows because this was a time where it was like you could watch stand-up all day long right and i would be like most stoked if it was a half hour yeah least stoked if it was premium blend great this is such a great question (laughs) my answer HBO special is your number one because they just look so prestigious they only gave like one or two a year yeah so it's like if you got an HBO you're like the champ yeah and they were always the guys that were were huge and I'm not the young the young comedian specials on HBO those are all that's probably second yeah and then it goes Comedy Central but I thought that the premium networks putting on comedians those guys that's Seinfeld that's Larry David that's you, you know, know what I was watching at that time it wasn't even so much stand up between the 2000 and 2010s I was very into like Chris Lilly like Summer Heights High and The Office okay like because I had never seen comedy like The Office before right. that was so dry because that was my style that's like what I really related Re- to yeah. and I was like oh that's the funniest shit a I've more ever European seen. sense of humor yeah I don't yeah. know I just like I really got into I was just pure stand up I always, always have been, been. My first yeah. com- the first comedian I ever could remember it, I was probably eight I was not I was younger than ten because I remember where I was when I heard it uh, uh, Sinbad my stepdad oh, yeah. got a Sinbad album and I just like you know, I'm not really understanding what's going on, but I'm loving the, the rhythm. That this is a grown up yeah. and he's and he's holding court and he's being silly and everybody's yeah. laughing. All these other parents are laughing. You know what I mean? And my dad, my stepdad's literally dr- driving cackling at what this guy's right. saying. Like, this is a thing that goes on. I didn't have HBO in Vermont. We didn't either in Fallon, but I, I grew up in the golden age of XM, you know, you know, middle school to high school oh, for me. You know, on. I graduated high school in 2006. So XM was I'm like 04. the shit. Yeah. Man. Yeah. XM was the oh, shit. Oh, yeah. I mean, those you know? channels. That's how I found Jim oh, Gaffigan. That was huge back then. I At, remember. Uh, so much stand up. There's stand ups on there. And then Pandora came out and I figured out how to make stand up stations on Pandora. Yeah. And that was like the next oh, five years of my good. life. Oh, man. Do yourself a favor and follow just the Patrice O'Neill. If you're oh. into that sort of thing, that unlocks so many great like. Well, I, I mean, if you ask me my favorite comedian 10 years ago would be a completely different answer but I discovered my favorite comedian because of Pandora who Pandora brought me to Chad Daniels and then now I've been on the Chad da- anyone who doesn't listen to Chad Daniels I'm like you're this is he's really the, he's literally the best in my opinion wow. it's like relationships I mean, Dusty Slay, like you're I a got, different person 10 years like, you, like you're very different <laughs> like you just change and like Dusty Slay don't get me wrong I think that that guy's I, I just got to host for him in Vegas oh, and cool. he is brilliant in a way that I just like 
I, I tell people to go listen to him, but Chad Daniels is like, really, they're two sides. They're two very different sides of the same coin. Like very smart. Like Chad's more my style of comedy, which is apparent in what I do now is like, yeah. that's what I like. But Dusty's very like squeaky clean, which is mm. very different, very different from yeah. what I do. That's <laughs> crazy. Man. Yeah. I mean, come on. You, I, those, those guys that th- do the regular late night talk show. Ugh. What a fucking they're Champ. playing in these boundaries. Stand-up yeah. comedy, it's like to write jokes and perform, it takes a lot of time and you craft them and all that. To do that within the paradigm of clean and what's TV clean? Right. Like I can't use uh, logo or logos or like businesses. Well, like and especially for me where most of my jokes are organic. Like I'll do something or say something that makes people laugh in person and I'll like mentally log it. Then I'll put it in my phone later and then I go back to it, you know? So yeah. it's like, I don't even have a muscle that I've really worked where I sit down and go, I'm going to write about this. Right. Like it's all so anecdotal about, I think it's more visionary. I think it's like knowing when you witness a joke in front of you, you know what I mean? Like knowing what, Oh, that's a joke. That's something I could bring on stage. Yeah. Like she said something the other day and like, like we're, you know, I'm I'm writing this whole thing. Oh, the, uh, are you talking about the rollerblade? Um, no, the blowjob. Like she, like she was like one day. <laughs> Sounds few, like a great day a either few, way. <laughs> like last week, she was like, um, oh, was she, one day about- she told me she's like, I was thinking about. She told me how she thought about giving me a blowjob the day prior. <laughs> and that was like, oh, joke. and then I love that you wanted credit for it. Me, <laughs> it's a thought. That he counts. also <laughs> told me that I was like, that's the same as you telling me like how you're gonna propose to me. Right. But you haven't proposed to me. Like, don't. Right. These are so not a tag the would have been like, don't well, either I'm- do it or don't talk about it yeah. at all. Right. Yeah, no. right. <laughs> it's not fair. I have actually a because my husband ruined the proposal. And what? there's a bit in my set about it where I compare it to like me asking him like what kind of girl he'd want to have a threesome with. Hilarious. But I, think I, have, I might have seen this joke. Like have the threesome with. Hilarious. Yeah. It's just not like. It's why not. Would it's you- like so. <laughs> Wait, tell us the engagement story. Uh, well, he just literally like was so nervous and like he's very. My husband is very like Midwestern meat and potatoes. Like he's very simple. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean that in the most loving way possible, but he has emotional. Hey, how refreshing, by the way. <laughs> uh, we're with such psychopaths. Uh, it is. Infinitely. It's so nice to go home to a man who only knows how to be hungry or horny. Yeah. Like, oh, funny. That's just so the funny. best. Oh man, I'm going through fucking cri- existentialism, <laughs> my hu- fucking mania. My husband has a 45 minute uh, story when I come home from a show about the magic cards he bought that day. Yeah. So, Beautiful. It's like very. It's almost like turning on smooth jazz. It's, it's like very, just take me away. I love him. I want to hear your problems. But he, I think, uh, probably being with me can be a little intimidating, and mm. I have high high expectations, and I'm like a very glitzy kind of glam kind of girl. Like I like to always have my makeup done, yeah. my hair done, yeah. and new outfits and whatever. Sure. So I'm sure the ring buying process was very nerve wracking oh, yeah, for yeah, him. Big time. But we're like literally in the kitchen, and he's like, "Well, what kind of diamonds do you like?" Out of nowhere. You were no context. It. Like I was like, well, you're, you ruined it. Like you're, you're going to propose. Well, like, I mean, I, we kind of did that. I know. Yeah. Like I, I know what she wants. Yeah. But it's like, if you're going to do, if it's going to be part of the ritual, here's yeah. the fucked up part. And it's not part of the joke because it works better without it. But he had already bought the ring. Oh no. <laughs> like, He's oh, he waiting for you to up. insult it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, you know what happened is that he got the ring and then he had time to think about it. And then he and it wasn't thinking like, about, it wasn't whether or not he was going to propose to you. That's yeah. happening. It's just like, Fuck, did I get the right one? Well, and it's like, it's what a, it's like a fucking ring. Gorgeous. You know, yeah. it's beautiful. I don't care. And that's the thing about me is like, 
it, I don't care, but it just was so funny that he was so nervous. He, he was trying. So I could see now that I rewind the moment, I could see my husband's brain trying to come up with a much more smooth mm-hmm. and like, Oh my God. Way to ask. Spotting. But he literally just came out and was like, what kind of diamonds do you Well, like? you know what? He gave you a, a, a more important gift, which was a bit. <laughs> he did. He did. Yeah. That I have been eating and working off of for yeah, two and a half even years. More, even more, <laughs> even more than commitment. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, okay. listen, I mean, a divorce would probably bring a lot of yeah. material. True. But. Right, right. Hey, do, yeah, do me. How do much do worst. you believe in your career? <laughs> do you believe in my career, babe? Yeah, let's get. No, he, um, he would never. So that's a door. So how did you guys meet? On OkCupid. Wow. <laughs> I know. It took a risk there. That's like where you go to meet people to choke. I know it's weird, but or I met like my husband. How long into knowing him? So have you, had you had OkCupid dates prior? Oh yeah. A ton of them. Okay. Yeah. Good. So, so I used into- OkCupid to meet dudes and plenty of fish to meet chicks. That was like my Beautiful. system. That's how I sorted them out. Love it. <laughs> like uh, Uber and Oh Lyft. my God. I love that you use plenty of fish to meet chicks. How appropriate. Oh my God. I didn't even put that together. That's so funny. That's there was just, bit. there was just a lot more cute chicks on like the lesbians on OkCupid Cupid were butch and I'm not I'm like more right, into femme. femme yeah yeah so like I would go because pl- all the femmes were on plenty of fish when I was single, of course so there. I would go to plenty that's of hilarious <laughs> um how long into that first okay Cupid date with yeah. your future husband did you realize this one's different when I realized we had been talking about fantasy football for two and a half hours you like fantasy wow. football we, I love fantasy football oh my god I'm out of it right now I've been out of it for two years because with stand up I haven't been able to pay attention the way yeah. I like are you a Raiders fan no I'm a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan I'm the opposite of a Raiders fan wow yeah how did you come about that well, because I grew up in Nevada and we had no football team. And but that's what I'm saying. Why would you pick that? Um, because it was it was 2002. They were having a great. That was the year they won the Super Bowl against the Raiders, and John Lynch was very yummy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We all have her. Yeah, yeah, yeah and it was like football oh, based off the hot. Yeah, and it. it's like my mom's boyfriend at the time was into football, and so that's why I learned about football, mm. and I just ended up keeping up with it my whole life. And so, yeah. like, we spent our whole first date with me roasting him and. I, that's how I show affection. I'm not really great with like a lot of, once I Sweet get to know stuff. you, I'm good yeah. with that. But it's like, I like to roast people. That's really how I like, show you love. know, I'm going to tell you how shitty your outfit is, but like in a nice way, yeah. <laughs> like in a funny way. And so like he was doing poor, I was number one in my league and he was doing poorly in his league. So I was like making a lot of jokes about like, I'll be your fantasy football doctor. Like I'll, I'll help you with your league. Like yeah. it seems like you need a lot of help. You don't really understand the game. Like, yeah. and so like we were having all these jokes and this is a story that I don't tell on stage because it's, it's, not that funny but it is funny to me because my husband puts his feet in his mouth constantly like he both both feet up to his knees he's flexible he does not know how to not say fucked up shit like he just doesn't have a filter he just says the first thing like he's telling me the story about this other girl he's messaging and he's like yeah so I'm messaging her and I don't think she's gonna message back because she's like a, a 12 out of 10 you know and I'm like And I'm like listening and then I'm like, well, you messaged me and I'm like, so what am I? And he's like, you're a 10. And then he just like moves on with the story, not realizing what he has just done. And he's just dripping sweat. (laughs) What he should have done is said you're a 15. Well, yeah. So then this is actually when I knew he was the one. This is the real when I knew he was the one. We talked about fantasy football for two and a half hours. Then this happened. And he uh, basically he realizes what he's done. I start making jokes all night long about 10. Anything I can make a joke yes. about 10, I would make a joke about. And then the next week at work, it's like three days after our date, I get a dozen roses 
at my work and the card said I tried to get them to take two out because I didn't think you would think 12 was for you and I was like oh my god I'm gonna marry this man yeah oh see he even like set himself up so great yes isn't that the most comedian romantic thing you've ever heard in your life he's funny but see that's very funny okay but that for a simple guy that's complicated he He had he had he had to solve a problem dude that's smart humor he's so funny he's very he He and an inside joke right there he really gets me like he I have a bit in my set about how he made fun of me. Like he made fun of me to the stewardess where I could see when I needed a seatbelt extender to make me feel better. Cause I was like so embarrassed and like, he knows the only way to make me laugh is like to make me laugh. Yeah. So he was like trying to do like, and in the joke, I exaggerate it, but like he wasn't doing it this bad, but he was like, Hey, (laughs) Oh, <laughs> it's like yeah, that's exactly what it is. He's but that's so what I need sweet. in that moment. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. He's just like he my, gets you. He gets me mm-hmm. in a way that I, like no one. I t- I was telling somebody the other day. He's like my tuning fork, man. I'm like an intense person, you know. I'm a comic, so I'm constantly like, yeah. I'm just like a vibrating wire, and and when he's around, it's just like he grounds me, like not to be, you know, not to get not to high voltage electrician that metaphor no, I too much no, you, you I wanted up. you to yeah. call yourself a vibrator but <laughs> I, I, I'm so your guy's like a vibrator <laughs> like, yes I'm like a vibrator and my husband's like my pussy yeah um, <laughs> you guys are a match it's just like a weird metaphor that yeah. I'm trying too hard to hammer in it. there that's so cool so you started stand up at that bar yeah and you were addicted. I, 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 literally, I didn't stop. Then I started going up six, seven nights a week, multiple yeah. times Vegas. a night if I could in Vegas. It was a time when our scene was pretty hot. There was a lot of shows. Um, a lot of the comics that were working the clubs on the strip were still running shows in the bars. So you were getting to work with a lot of like uh, up and coming pros and like people who were starting to get work. And um, yeah, we just it was a different scene in a good in a different way in which I got a lot of long stage time when I started like when you moved out here did you know anyone no when I moved to Vegas I knew my family that was at my grandparents and my aunt and uncle had lived there for a few years were you going through that breakup too when you started comedy or was that yeah like- well it was a year before that's because I was living in Reno with that ex and we broke up on vacation I flew home then I lived in New Jersey for a year like trying to find myself you went away <laughs> yeah I went away <laughs> I went away as as some of us do after a bad breakup mm-hmm. and uh uh partied in Jersey for a year and then I moved out back out here to like start working and go into school and then I found stand up and then I just dropped out of school and stopped working. <laughs> wow. And like stand up has just give, given you so much. Yeah, it really has honestly. Like it gave me, you know, my identity back. It not to be too like I, mean, I don't know how funny I'm supposed to be right now. I feel like no, I'm not being funny. Not, no, no, it's honestly like <laughs> we're gonna t- tally up all the laughs. No, no, no. We'll, we'll get, send you a report. Like, <laughs> I think, my LPM is gonna be low. No, no, no. Because <laughs> Dane Cook, yeah, this, uh, it's not. I mean, like I guess people expect it to be a funny podcast because I am talking to comedians, but right. the stuff that I'm talking to you guys about, like I really, I think it's more important to talk about. To like you, you guys are all funny. Yeah, that's true. You know, you're we're right. all funny. Um, so. Come see me do stand up if you want to hear me be funny. Oh, yeah. She's hilarious. (laughs) I I told you, you have to. But um, so I know you smoke weed because we smoked a blunt before. And you have a dope ass company called Get Stoned. Yeah, Get Stoned is my jewelry company. At on Instagram, it's yeah, at Get Stoned Store. Get Stoned Store. Mm -hmm. Um, 
like, do you get high before you do stand up ever? Or is that always? Yeah. You're always stoned. I'm always stoned. I'm like always stoned. Really? Yeah. Oh my God. That's funny because I think that was the first time we had smoked together was today, which is weird because we've done so many shows together. I feel like, but you and I are always doing a lot of shows. So when we are doing shows together, we're both like running in last minute being like, like, I just came from another show. Right. (laughs) That's so true. You know, so. Do you think, um, like I have anxiety. So getting high helps me get out of my head. That's why you just like when one of my friends gave me the best example. It's like when I'm not high, my anxiety makes it feel like 30 radio stations are playing in my head. Mm-hmm. And when I'm high, I can just like tune into one at a time. It right. makes me much. It just like calms me down in a way that like, you know, cause I have ADD too. So like with anxiety and ADD, it's like very difficult. Dude, I'm the same. I'm anxiety, ADD and depression. I'm like, God, what the fuck God, is happening? Welcome to, to the millennium. In fucking my mind. You ever get them all at once and it's like the yes. three stooges stuck in the door yes. and you're just paralyzed. That's when I shut down, I malfunction like steam or smoke. Probably weed starts coming out of my ears. That's when I start crying and pr- listening to Christmas music see, or something. She just looked weird. at me. Listeners, Rachel it. just looked deep into my soul. As if <laughs> no, I know. they can see it. It's being recorded. <laughs> see that, everyone? <laughs> when Some did you start right smoking weed? So my first time I smoked, my I had a friend in middle school who had leukemia. And mm. went, after she went into remission, she had a party at her house and we smoked up all the rest of her oh my God, medical shit way back in the day before like, it was I, like I, legal. I need to get leukemia. <laughs> yeah, well, you're like I need more friends. It's the best the, memory because we all took a bunch of THC pills and mm. then we drank a bunch of Smirnoff ice. We were like 13. And then we watched the movie. I think that's, I think that's what chemo is. It is. off ice and THC pills and powder liquid. And then you watch the movie Event Horizon. Oh, wow. And then you eat a bowl of expired Halloween candy. That was my first time smoking weed. That sounds about accurate though. It was a great first time because it's like such a stereotype memory. It's like I watched a movie I shouldn't have watched when I was high for the first time. I ate something that was bad. You know, like I just did all the things that were like such a stereotype for getting high for the first time. And then um, I don't, a lot of the times I got high in high school, I was crossfaded. So I don't remember a lot of it. You know, it was when I was getting real, mm. real fucked up. Yeah. I was getting but real. But you find that you said it helps your anxiety oh, yeah. and, or it makes it worse. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's one of I the think two. that's what it is. It's like, we're all our own guinea pigs. So we have to learn like what works for us. Yeah. I had when to figure out right. the strains. Yeah. You know, I had to figure out the strains and like the percentages, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, I just bought like a super high percentage one and that can be a little intense sometimes for I need a vape. Yeah. And I just, I usually normally I go for something with a little bit more CBD because it helps calm me down. And I always smoke hybrids if I can, just cause it's funny cause you had to find your thing, but there's no, that's the only way of testing it. Yeah. It's like, cause I, I, as much as I want to say like it does, you know, as long as I I am with everyone where it's like, I don't give a fuck what it's called. Just let me smoke it. You know, at the end of the day, if there's no other weed, it's like, yeah, I'm fine with it. But at the same time, if I, can't deny that every time I've smoked a sativa, I've gotten paranoid, you know, or that every time I've smoked in like a too strong of an indica, I've gotten too tired. Well, people change. My my buddy Tony got me into smoking weed. And and back then we were, it was always sativa. Yeah. Just because we saw people smoking. Why do you want to feel tired? Like we want to like, I want to think, man. Yeah. I want to do stuff. And then I talked to him last night. And uh, we were talking, we we're making plans. Like, hey, we should get together and smoke. Or, or no, you know what? He was complimenting. Was indica he was complimenting Rachel. He's like, see, you're tired. with a girl that like knows weed and shit. Like, yeah, she smokes heavy indicas. And he's like, yeah, that's my shit. And I was like, what? And he's like, I was like, what about sativa? He's like, I can't do that anymore. Yeah. Like, you change. Yeah. yeah. Like, your, your chemistry change. You get used your to it. Your palate changes. Yeah. yeah. You got to mix it up. Do you ever like, do, would you ever get performance anxiety? Like before getting on stage? I get... Uh, <sighs> 
Or is that more excitement for it's, you? Yeah, because it's good anxiety with right. stand up mm-hmm. for me. Like I do get anxious in venues that are big or that I am not familiar with. Like, right. you know, especially like I'll get asked once in a blue moon to do a show at the belly room here. Like yeah. this is like, you know, just being around the energy here at night is different. You know, yeah. you just know who you're around. You know what's happening, you know, around the corner. You know, the best stand ups in the world are in this room, right. you know, and that's a lot. So I'll get yeah. a little bit of anxiety then. But uh, I always have anxiety when I'm here. Yeah. I mean, but it's I, always even if I'm, I'm not also, performing. <laughs> right. Like I, I have anxiety, but I'm also excited because I love the comedy store. Like I'm you're, like you said, like I'm where all the best comics are. So I'm like excited yeah. to like see them and like just. I'm so this over this fucking place. I know. He hates it. 13 <laughs> goddamn years, he man. I walk these halls. Just I could I could walk this whole building he, like, with my eyes closed. and know exactly. Like, it's like coming back to your college. Like it's like never leaving college. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I mean, there's real anxiety about it. We're like, like I just. Like, I feel like I, it's college. It's like I'm the Van Wilder of the comedy yeah. store. <laughs> Been here way too long. Which was based off Bert Kreischer. My dad which started to wonder. works at the comedy right. store. Yeah. It all comes back to the comedy yeah. store. Yep, yep. No, it's the same thing, man. It's like I I literally, well, actually moved to New York. For- it's so funny, too, because the, every comic that doesn't live here, every comic who doesn't live here and work at the comedy store would literally like cry blood to hear oh I know it's like, like he it's, ruined comedy it's like just saying the mess stay home <laughs> be a big he fish in a small pond Chris uh, Santa is way. not real <laughs> yeah, like yeah. what have you done yeah. he's not why don't you just hang up my dog dead in front of me <laughs> let me sit in a couple convicts laps before yeah. you break that secret okay I mean guys just make it easier on yourself quit uh, <laughs> quit comedy quit either Same. quit or Stay in your local scene. Do you ever fantasize about being okay with getting a full time job? Sometimes I Never. think about that. I can't. That's, I think that's about I've done that. I did that in my twenties, and the me amount too. of mental like health strife it brought to me, like that's real anxiety of like, oh my god, I'm going to be doing this for the rest of my life, working for a company that doesn't give a fuck about me, yeah. and I can't even pay my rent, and I have to come here on yeah. time. And I get this reoccurring nightmare because it fit. It's not that. I mean, if you. I'm going to say it to you. It's not going to sound scary, but like I get the nightmare feeling inside. Uh, I, I'm, I, I just, I wake up in my dream and I'm in school. I'm still in school. Like all of this had never happened. I'm still in that place. And I think that's me. Like that's, it's manifest. It's like you the idea of getting means. a job yeah, of being in a job and like this not working. And I have to end up there. You have to yeah. look up what that, what, what does that mean in dream interpretations? It means somebody's going to die. No, okay. <laughs> it probably means you're pregnant or something. That's yeah. what it oh, always no. is. <laughs> it means he's pregnant. That's pregnant. With ideas and dreams. He's pregnant with dreams. <laughs> I have nightmares. I have a re- reoccurring nightmare that they're calling my name on stage and I can't get to oh the my stage. god i had I'm, i had that your nightmare is my reality i have a nightmare a few times a month <laughs> that i oh, go fuck. number <laughs> two on stage you, you can't shit? i have a you, nightmare you know that's that. impossible no it's probably no possible. it's fight or flight you go into like fight mode like you're not gonna you're not I'm gonna someone, i'm sure someone has if done you have it. To, i was gonna say i'm pretty sure i've heard stories where people have shit their pants yeah, on stage totally oh wait i we know someone who did that at a mic what so we know a comic who did it at wait, a mic. Wait, yeah, we do. We don't want to say the name. Oh, right, 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 right. Oh, it's hilarious. Spot, but we know someone yeah, who yeah, yeah. went up, did their set, killed. Oh, it's really funny because she's like a, she's pretty. You know what I mean? Pretty girl comedian. Yeah, so that's, she took she's a in shit with a bunch off of dudes. stage, but she missed great. it. Like she didn't quite make it to the bathroom, but she had to like 
she's and this is an open mic. This is a daytime open mic. Oh my god! So she has to like kind of clean herself up the yourself. best way she can, which isn't that good, and pull up her pants and go up there and she's doing. And I'm thinking, I'm she's telling me this. I'm like, how? What are you talking about on stage? Like, how are you not addressing? You're a serial killer, that, guys. I, I I have shit in my pants right now. <laughs> I would like, you have kill to kill out an open mic. I would have to, yeah. You know I mean? Or like go talk about your dad or whatever. That like that's I couldn't. I would have to because I would be thinking someone in this room can smell it. You know what? This reminds me of there was a guy that came here when I was a door guy. There was this guy that showed up. He we he had tried to commit suicide by putting a gun this is underneath the his perfect chin. story. No, this, this is podcast. great. This 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 has a happy ending. Guys. <laughs> First of all, he doesn't die. Well, he I was going to say spoiler alert. He, yeah, in this story, he walked up to Matt. Right, so. right, right. <laughs> he missed the bullet. But what it, but what it did was it shot a hole through his face and and it, all he had was a little hole in the middle of his face. That's all eyes. you really need. Like no nose, just a hole <laughs> oh, where his mouth would go. Rachel, that's so disturbing. And it, and it caved in. I think we'd all no, be this better is all people. going somewhere. This is all, we call them no face and it was, and it was insane to look at and it was like you you walk in a room before you even see him you know there's something eerie and you just kind of look right like well the first time i saw him i just walked into the or i was like room <laughs> it was an open mic anyways he tries to do comedy and he goes up and he doesn't address his lack of face <laughs> he's like telling jokes about like getting drunk and his dad doesn't you know and it's like you got to talk about it, man. Bro, That's hilarious. We're, we can't get past. Face the music. <laughs> face the facts. That's you don't have a face. Poor, poor, poor Let's verbiage. Face it. Let's face it. Man. You missed the boat. <laughs> Your material has holes in it. Oh, that's terrible, babe. But that's a great story with a happy ending. And I'm sure, you know, let's face it. It's, <laughs> it's probably poor no face. It's probably better off, you know? Yeah. Oh my god, that's so funny! I had uh, I I had a horrible visual that entire. Yeah, me story. too. I'm not. I don't know hey, what I'm picturing. Man, this is the I'm comedy picturing story. A you know, how many people? Eyes. Yeah, so many people. Pretty much. That's pretty good. And one night, <laughs> one night, I I saw a girl make out with him. Oh God! How? I saw him make out. She had to stick her face into that little peephole and stick her. It was disgusting. It was disgusting. I see it just way too vividly. <laughs> it's like one of the nastiest things I'm so surprised that that's at. not your nightmare. Yeah, that's you more. Get, you get numb in this town. Yeah, he's he has a nightmare that he's in elementary school. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's out here actually witnessing real life <laughs> nightmares. nightmares. Oh, man, I rolled up on a murder at the front patio. I oh, watched a guy true. get shot and killed. And no I, wonder, still, I don't think no about that as much as being in high over school. over this place. He's literally seen. You've been traumatized. Bad stuff here. Yeah. I've had bad things happen to me and here. You're traumatized so and, you, and you let deep in your subconscious, your real fears, you're going to have to go back to writing cursive. <laughs> right. Yeah. Doing math. Yeah. I mean, that's the real problem. This Something that takes me away from this. PTSD. I have Stockholm. I've you do have Stockholm. Stockholm syndrome. You do. Stock store syndrome. But we're very grateful to be able to record here. And thank you so much to you. Hey, man, I love it's my places. I bleed red, white and black. I mean, this is my this is my home. I've been here. I was here before there audience members yeah you know there's nobody was showing up back when it was the wild west there's no security cameras the door there's no security i was the security oh no Dude, you could walk around the the inmates ran the asylum yes. back in the day that's how i feel about la comedy club in vegas yeah. i'm like i used to perform at that club but and there's guys who performed in there even it used to be on fremont street like it's been in so oh, many casinos man. at this point like it has that vibe where like you, 
you talk about that club if you work that club about when you started like people would be like oh I've been with them since four queens and it's oh, like oh, yeah. oh I've been with them Ch- since different chapters. Yeah. Yeah. Like, wow that's I, crazy. I was with them when Bobby Lee was the biggest star <laughs> that's yeah. so funny Bobby Lee doesn't get enough uh, recognition Ever. for the fact that he literally carried the world famous comedy store for years years I watched that man be the only draw and people come and like I mean, it was all Bobby. He was the star of the show. Yeah. But you know what was happening around him was these these guys that were becoming great were coming up. There are no names, but guys like Sebastian, yeah. John Caparulo, Bill Burr. I mean, these people didn't. You know what, babe? You should tweet draws. Bobby Lee and give him some credit. You, you, you probably wouldn't even like it. Like You're right. But asshole. you know what? He doesn't get enough credit. So. <laughs> I, lo- I love Bobby. Bobby is also one of the first guys to like be nice to me and take me out to lunch and like talk comedy. And I was fucking kid. Yeah. Showing up late. Those people are important, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Who's who are some of your mentors? Well, Sam Tripoli, actually, uh, is yeah. one, a big one. Um love- I have like two stories. There's like, I want to tell Dane Cook how much dick I got because of him. <laughs> and I want to meet Ryan Sickler again so I could tell him. He was, Ryan Sickler was the first comic to make me take myself seriously. I did a show with him in Tripoli in Vegas. And after I got off stage, like Ryan Sickler came up to me and he told me, he was like, he was like, just get a clean five and you're ready for TV. And I was like, nobody had ever treated me like that. You know, right. like when you're a female comic, especially if you're at all dirty, people kind of treat you like you're never going to have a career. Mm. Like they kind of write you off. Like, and that was the first person who like had treated me like, Oh, this is going somewhere. And then I literally took myself seriously after that moment. Right, like that right, was the right. moment I started taking my career seriously. And like, cause I still had a full-time job. Like yeah. I was making, I left like a $90,000 a year job to do stand up. What job was that? I was an assistant store manager for Victoria's secret. Damn. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And then like I met Tripoli through that show and he started running shows in Vegas mm-hmm. um, trying to bring the, the naughty, naughty show. show. Yeah, over I remember to when he was doing that. Was that Hollywood. at the swingers place? Uh, no, the, he did it there way back in the Have day. Have you ever been to that place? No. The Green Door? Well, no, no, no. But oh, that, we that found place. out about the Green Door from doing a show at Noreen's Lounge. Shout out to Garrett Hall. I've been to... Um, places I used to have a weekly sketch show and the troupe that I was in, we did our show at a theater that was adjacent from the green door. So we I've love seen it. the people For those who of walked you in and out. Who, if any of you are watching the green door is a swingers club in Vegas. So bring your friends. It's BYOB. <laughs> so yeah. bring your beer as well. Bring, bring your own babes. <laughs> yeah. Bring your own yeah. babes and beers. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, Tripoli helped me out a lot. He was the one who like basically told me to like, me too. Just carve my own path, man. Like, and yeah. he's the reason I started hitting the road super hard because he was like, you're never going to get good. Like, just well, you don't know in like, Vegas. And so I just was like, fuck it. And I just started hitting the road as hard as I could. If you right? come from the place, if, you, if you're not a delusional person, or at least we all have a healthy amount, I, I think. But if you if, if you don't have that. Uh, you know the Donald Trump version of it, or like the my sh- <laughs> we. Oh, now out, this podcast. I didn't, mean to, I didn't mean to do that. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to like not even. I'm, it's. I'm saying like it takes a big ego sometimes, most of the time to like g- even get yourself up on stage. Yeah, you know what I mean the goal it takes to even what you have to think of yourself to even push. You know. Yeah. But as you're doing it, if you're not that kind of delusional, you're not realizing how good you're getting because you're counting all the suck that you you know how much you suck. Yeah. Sometimes you don't know how good you are. Yeah. And yeah, Tripoli is one of those. I think, um, well, Tripoli is one of the guys where I would bomb and he would tell me like things that I was doing well, like instead of telling me like, right. He like, and not that I want to like be coddled. It's just like, I I know I bombed. (laughs) Like I just need to know what in there not to give up on, you know? And he would let me do weird shit. Like, you know, try out like, 
weird. Like I would do weird because I was the house MC at the naughty show. So I would have to think of ways to like keep them occupied in between comics and acts. So I would do shit like drink and we were sponsored by or like we were supported by Fleshlight. So I would like I I would drink drinks out of Fleshlights and stuff. Like whatever I could do to like. And (laughs) he wants to fuck this Fleshlight. (laughs) Yeah, it's like. This guy. And he really like and like there was a bunch of locals too, like Brandon Hahn and um, Matt Markman and um, you know John Hilder. There's a bunch of locals that I could list that really has have helped me along the way. Oh but, yeah, John Hilder, he's great. Yeah, um, I love his hilarious seven. Yeah, that show's great. Yeah, they're um, getting ready to move that downtown to the to the um, young part of town to the ritzy Fremont Street. Wow, that's where all the cool kids. To a different hang. club. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What club? They're opening up a club at Neonopolis there, I think. Yeah. What? I don't know if this is a secret or not. <laughs> is, it, is it like, what kind of club is it? You it's, don't know the name? I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. See, it's. I may be busting the secret. Comedy. I may never work at that club again. No, I don't know be how good. secret this no, is. You'll be but... fine. <laughs> yeah, you'll be fine. No. You know how many clubs I'm banned from right now? Oh, he's banned I'm from not, Flappers. I am not sweating. Why are you banned? What happened? Flappers. I uh, ran the light one night. You shit your pants on stage? No, no, no. I <laughs> not at Flappers. I shit on Flappers <laughs> while on stage. I got, I got. Li- basically, well, that's exactly what happened. Well, basically, I, I was, I was. We were featuring for Jeff Garland. Jeff had to leave. There was an emergency. He had to leave. So he's like, "All right, you go up last." So I was gonna, I was gonna close out the show. Everybody did the amount of time. Jeff did do an extended kind of set beforehand, but it wasn't like he was gonna do an hour. Yeah. So I'm under the impression, and Jeff told me like, do as much as you can. Like, do like, you know, fill this headliner spot. So in my head, I'm going, I'm headlining. Yeah. And I go up there, and they light me at, you know, 15 minutes, and I. In the moment, I accepted it like, oh, they didn't get the memo. But you know what? Whatever, man. This has been a fun set. I'll get off in a few minutes. Yeah, they have to deal with like, it I'll if start... somebody complains that right, the show right, was the too show, short. Yeah. And, and also, it's like, I see your light. I'm going to get off. But like this person, um, whoever lights me, uh, keeps flash. And I did the okay thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. okay. You know, and the light goes off. And I'm in a bit. And they keep flashing me. And this, all it is, is some kid that works there that doesn't know that you just... Give me a second. Like they're just playing it by the, they're doing their job. But yeah. They're, but they're not feeling the room out. It's like I said, okay. You could tell I'm in the middle. I'm having an interaction. Like we're on the dismount. You know what I mean? Like right. feel the, you just, you don't know this because you're not a comedian and you're, you probably haven't had a job here that long where you can't tell somebody's coming to a crescendo. But he's flashing me and flashing me. Finally, I'm like, turn that fucking light off. Yeah, you went off. I went off. I'm Matt motherfucking I like, Edgar. Damn. I, was like, wow. I was in the back yeah. masturbating. That's, I'm sure. Oh, I, mean, I, yeah. I was like, yeah, Losing I'm going to run this fucking place. <laughs> and I'm killing. And I was then like, people, you do your thing, And babe. like the guy that owns it, uh, Dave, uh, he basically... <laughs> You know, Dave. I, you know, he, I mean, he's just he owns the flappers. Me. Whatever. Hey, I'm not shitting on the guy. Oh, he's, yeah. Dave was right to ban me. I disrespected his club. I've yeah. apologized about it, but I mean, I can't. I wouldn't take it you back. Can't it, was a fun, it. it was yeah. a fun set. It was a fun. I got to let off some steam. You were being genuine. I, the audience was behind. I have it recorded. The audience was like, yeah. I know pissed off Dave. You know, yeah. you, you know, know people have heckler videos. You should put up banned videos. You like, should put up. This is, this is what got me banned. This might baby. make you go viral and then they'll have to book you. And he uh, basically... <laughs> Yeah, so I got off. Didn't, think, like didn't think there was a nobody said anything to me. Didn't think there was a problem then. Yeah. And I was kind of waiting for to hear something about it. I mean, I completely disrespected. This and then venue. we found out like six months, months later. later. Yeah, I'd moved and come back. And he had like moved to another state, came back, found out. We're he hanging was out with Jeff flappers. one night and he's and he's given Rachel oh. flapper gigs. And I'm sitting there, we're like dogs like. 
<laughs> like waiting to get fed. And he's feeding her some flappers gigs. I'm like, uh, so uh, and he, before I could even ask, he just looks at me and is like, and you're banned. Yeah. And right when he said that, it's like, he's like, you're doing this day, you're doing this day, and you're banned. And, <laughs> and it was like, I knew exactly and why. Like, There's no argument. I like it. immediately made out with him. I was like, he got, she, uh, she, she got horny right yeah. there on the spot. Yeah. yeah. It's worth it forever now because all you have to do is be like, hey, babe, let's drive by flappers. Well, I thought about it. And I, you know what? Yeah. I yeah. Still, I'm like, like, you want to watch by me the get way, kicked out uh, of here, babe? Like, that's how we uh, foreplay. By the way, this is, these are, these, these are not my thoughts or uh, the, I would still love to be booked at flappers. So I'll, you know, if you want me to oh, yeah. bail. Flappers no. is fine. It, it, but they did. I mean, well, you know what? Matt was a, a big boy and he apologized. Oh, days after. Because I thought about it and it was like, first, like, ah, fuck him. I don't give a shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's a cur- that's nice Honestly, what I really thought in the moment that I found out, I was like, that's that's some street cred right there. That's love cool. it. Yeah. Watch me not give a fuck that I was banned. Yeah. Which I still really don't. But I did recognize it as like, you know what? I disrespected this guy that owns the place. Yeah. From comedian to comedian. I'll apologize to him. And that way, maybe down the road, you know, like yeah. we'll be cool. And if not, it's like I, comedy doesn't live and die at flappers. B- bookers and, yeah. Well, that's like the thing I try and remind comedians all the time who are like, well, this club won't book me. And I'm like, there's a literally oh, hundreds you know, of the other clubs. Of guard is so quick. <laughs> yeah. And it's, I've watched so many bookers come and go. I mean, but with, with this one, Dave owns the place. So right. It's a little different. For a minute, but, yeah. But, you know, you're yeah. so right. But bookers and comedians go through this. We know we, we all have friends who are like, been on with bookers then off then off well, like they're point, more on and off than like the homecoming the point King in comedy queen, you know? to me so isn't true. I'm not trying these to these are the most on and off relationships I've ever been or with <laughs> bookers because like I won't hear from someone automatically assume like they hate me yeah and then they'll throw me a gig out of nowhere and then I won't hear from them for six months and I'm like isn't that funny I do that all the time I think everyone hates me yeah <laughs> like everyone I'll, I'll leave here I'm like, and I'll be so driving in the personal. car and I'll be like that was so yeah, but annoying that's just, uh, that was no, the worst oh my god <laughs> never think that about side me effect. That's just <laughs> no side. never you, get, you know what part of becoming a pro is learning to shut that voice off I need to Part of being a pro also, is like no one how to will not hate get... you more than you hate yourself. That's so true. at least like that's true. Uh, being know? un uh, to quote another Vegas comic, Ty Rivera, shout out to old friend oh, of mine. Yeah, no, that's um, a current friend of mine. He, he texted um, me this morning. But it, to be a uh, you part of being a pro is becoming unbothered by things in their first few years. You really it hurts like it hurts so bad. Like also like you get to it, you get to a point. Like, let's say around eight to 10 years, once you got a decade under the belt, you, the entitlement starts coming in. I've, I've, hey, man, that's a whole decade I, I put in it. Why am I not getting? You get other people are getting stuff. You start getting bitter and then you'll go down that path. But you can't just stay there. You have to like move forward and you have to be okay with it. Yeah. That's going yeah. to have a bad attitude. Nobody's going to want to. I've watched most of the comedians I've ever seen just stop doing comedy. They hit that point and the bitterness just took over. So I think there's yeah. a threshold that you have to pass and it's part of being a pro is that these things you can't be bothered by who's getting what and and you'll feel the feeling come up like somebody gets like what like it's like you, crazy you have to learn how to like tell it you're, you have to you have to halt it it comes you go up through so many emotions because it's like everyone's journey is so personal and it's like your art and like yeah. it feels so personal when you don't get something or to feel but you also have to like trick your mind into thinking like we we were talking about this the other day like it's like we just have to accept where we are right now my brain does not work like that I mean it's just like but you got to think of I it think like, of it way know? different because do I'm do? I don't get as weird about it like I don't think it, the stuff that bothers me more is I just don't want to be irritating to people yeah. because for me I don't if I don't get something I literally this is the way I've always thought of stand-up is that uh, 
if you're funny enough, everyone will be booking you. Yeah. If you're funny enough, that's like like if I'm, I don't get something, I'm like, OK, I just wasn't funny enough for that. Because if I was funny enough, if I was so funny, they needed to book me. They would have mm-hmm. booked me like right. that's just the long and the short of it. And like, I just don't think of I have never focused. on That was a Tripoli thing, too, is he was like, don't focus on who's not booking you. Focus on who is. And that's been my mantra. Like, mm-hmm. I've never focused on what I because I, it to me, I, I mean, as much as I recognize that feeling when it first started to come around where I'd be like, oh, why didn't I get that? It's mm-hmm. then I but then I was on the other side of it where people. People were like in my dams and being like, well, how did you get, get that? that? And I'm well, like part something you also got to get used to that. This is a painful one, but it's again, it's part of being a pro is that you don't always have the spot that you have. No. Like you, you, your regular spots are used to you get replaced. Yeah. And there's it, always someone you replaced other you people. Too. Well, it's like and, and it's it's always whatever the night is. But no, funny's funny. And but guess no what? one can be you. If, no, if yeah. you could draw, if you could draw, if I could draw. Dave's going to have me back. Yeah. Like that's just plain. Why would not like I'm going to bring money and to your club and it doesn't really matter. And I apologize. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, right. but that's, that goes for everybody that doesn't like you. It's like the, the point in you doing comedy isn't to succeed at any one club. It's bigger than that. It's succeeding yeah. comedy. And if you do that, you get in every club. It doesn't matter. Your audience comes to where you are. And that's kind of the and goal. That's all and the clubs really care about. And, and I just, I don't know. I just, I, I never wanted to focus on it, but I think it's also something that you probably experienced is that I graduated very quickly in my scene. Like I was jumped up very fast, doing lots of time very early at being asked to headline bar shows because there's very little like now we've had more female comics than we've ever had in our mm-hmm. scene in Vegas. And when I was doing it, when I first started, I was one of like three that were regularly out in the scene. And so, OG. yeah, so it was like it kind of like and so all the hate I got when I first started for like getting things like really dudes. Well, it's just from, it just kind of taught me a different perspective. You know, now when I see all these new comics coming up and getting all the stuff that I'm like, I would like to do that. I don't think of it like that. Right. You know, I'm like, Hey man, it'll be my turn. Well, okay. So when you, like when I started here, it was easy to not care because you're a beginner and you're just, I'm just glad to be here. And that carries you for a few years. And then I was the first in my class to get past as a paid regular. And I watched that do something to the rest of the guys like, Oh wait, if Mac could get in, we could get in. That's like the crack in the dam. And then they started taking it seriously and adjusting and they all end up getting past. And I, and like, uh, but eventually that feeling of being okay, just cause you're glad you're glad to be there. That goes away when you get used to it. Yeah. Just mundane. It's your life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And from that point on, and if you really want to get to the next level, you have to learn to like continue at least, except it's okay to not be okay because you want to strive for more. Yeah. But that's kind of my thing is it's like my, anything I'm upset about at this level is so not even end game for me that it just like, it's it's a bigger picture. Yeah. Yeah. I just, my bigger picture to me has always been that I just want to, I want to be a theater comic. Like I just want to own my life and my career and and that's the way to do it, you know? And if I get upset that I'm not getting this festival or this, you know, like, which is funny because there was a couple of years where I was like, I have a really funny story where I was like, all over this one festival I won't name who I was like I cannot believe they didn't book me I know they talked about having me as a headliner last year because I knew I know somebody who's in the meeting and they I submitted and I paid and I still don't even and I'm like complaining all over the country yeah. and they call me and they're like 
hey, we don't know if you forgot, but we tried to book you and you were booked. And I was like, oh yeah, I forgot. Uh, So it was like such a hard lesson. And it's like, even when I did want to be bitter, it was like, I wasn't even thinking correctly. Like, so I just, I, I, I'm, for me, it's like all about the end game. Like I never want to take my eye off the end game because it has been burned into my brain since I started doing standup that my path is hard and long. And so yeah. I'm just okay with it. I'm just, I'm just like resigned to it. You know, it's why I, you know, people ask me why I do the shit road gigs I do. It's cause you know, I'll, I'll go 21 days straight on the road to come out 500 bucks on top because I want to be really good at stand up. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's all that really that's matters is, that is the love. work. Yeah. I really respect it. And not, not, I'm not, I'm not trying to be high and mighty or anything. It's just like, no, I, no, no. I'm not saying like it doesn't bother me because it will for a second, but then it's just, it's so, well, yeah, it's, it's been many but years. But I think it needs like, to, it needs to, because it kind of get, you get a gauge of where, well, I got to like, yeah, I should probably try to do something else. I definitely, it should be motivated. I definitely clock it. You know, I definitely right. clock it if I'm like, well, I know that I can, like, it's something that I use, like, if I know all these comics and I are headlining the same kind of rooms and I see them do a room that I'm not doing, I'm like, well, I know I could do that room, you know, like that. I will clock it like that, but it's more of like a motivator to either get into that room mm-hmm. or. Also, if you're consistently having good sets, like there becomes a point when you pass, like you're not having bad set. You could have a bad set, but even your bad sets are still kind of good. Yeah. You know, once you're there, you know, it's everybody else. It seems good. You know, if you could gauge it your own way. You yeah, we it, all but, feel it. But yeah. but yeah, yeah. But um, uh, once that starts happening, you're killing all the time. Like I kind of like I don't give a fuck at w- what I'm not getting when I'm killing all this because I'm actually I'm performing my it, function. It of- is the economy of like I talk about this a lot for comics. It's like this cone. Like as long as we can get the to the nipple, like whether you build it by, you know, we'll do a show for free if there's a thousand people who really want to watch comedy in the audience, mm-hmm. you know, like but we will do a show for a thousand dollars if we have to do three people who hate comedy, you know, like mm-hmm. it's just like this economy, like how enjoyable is it to the what I love to do right. versus, you know, like that. And the, like what you're saying, like it become, things become less and less worth your time. Yeah. And, and like, I do kind of what I use for motivation more than anything is the fact that I don't ever get this year back. I have, I, I only have this year to grow as a comic and every year I don't grow as a comic career wise, stand up wise, you know, and doing whatever I can is, is a year lost is a year yeah. that somebody else did. And I just, you know, as much as I'm competitive, I just try not to let it. Cause I, I am around, you know, a lot of, a lot of comics come through Vegas and I just see a lot of people who have been doing it for like 18 plus years who didn't get to where they want to be. And they just wear it. They wear it on like, yeah, a, you know, like a bitterness. It's yeah, just, but, but that's why they can't, that's why they never got to the next part. Yeah. It's cause they just stayed in Who it. wants to work with that? Who wants the to be around it? The guy, the guy <laughs> yeah. that's shitting on it's negative. All Nobody you're likes- doing is talking about other comics and what they're doing. And you know what? And there's also a back, I mean, it backfires because sometimes people try to overcompensate that feeling the wrong way where they like are more like, like fake happy. Right. You know what I mean? And you're like, you truly you're have stoked to- that this is where you're at. Come on. Like, you know, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> like you should be embarrassed. Yeah. You really need to just accept. I mean, come on. Like as long as you're doing comedy, remember the point in this wasn't, if the point was to be rich and famous, then you are a tortured soul and Th- that this will is, suck forever. Right. You should have done something if else. If the point was to do comedy, yeah. to live the comedy life and, and, and comedy gives, it gives as much as you give. So if you're, if you're living off of it and you're given the same amount and that you're, you're living, that's your dream. Right. You're living the yeah. dream. And that's why I don't understand though. Like, cause I'm, I am very, which is probably why I have such a eternally optimistic look at comedy is that I'm super fortunate. I've had a lot of opportunities, a lot of doors open for me way before I rightly should have had them open for me. You know, people, 
take chances. I'm very young as far as I've only been doing stand up for seven years, you know, as far yeah. as standups go, I'm, I'm young and yeah. I'm headlining, you know, clubs on the road, you know, like, so it's like, but you know, I, I, so I think that I'm optimistic because it has been a fortunate road for me. And I just don't ever want to like look a gift horse in the mouth. Cause I do know how much further along I, I have gotten than yeah. I should be. But that's kind of the, sh- that should be liberating too. Cause there's so much more you don't know that's going to happen. Right. right. And that's, ha- that's kind of how I feel about it. It's like, I have room to stumble. It's kind of artistically freeing to be like, totally. you know, I'm not, if it's like when people are like so in a hurry, I'm like, you want to put an hour of what you're doing right now out for the whole world. Like I'm trying to record an album, but at the same time, I'm I'm only doing it because I'm like, I need the merch. I need to get this hour down. I need to like mm-hmm. close this chapter on this material. Yeah. And, you know, I've been shopping with labels and all this stuff. But at the same time, it's like an audio album is as much exposure as I'm willing to give this hour. It's like people are like, I, I would do a Netflix special tomorrow. I'm like, you're you, insane. You would. You yeah. would. You, your hour. You crumble. You know what you don't? What people that talk like that don't understand how real it gets when those cameras are in front of you. I can't. I can Sorry, imagine. When you show up that day and you see a truck and it's there for you, like you, you don't, you have no idea. It's Has not your like, face it's on not the like side. A, it's not like a set. <laughs> like, You're not going in doing a doing a ten minute set. Yeah. Like you, you have. There's a lot of money behind it. There's an entire crew. There's craft services. There's makeup people. Most importantly, craft services. These are. It's intimidating. Like you. Like you want to be sure that you earned it by the time right. you get there, which is like I just I'm I feel like I have that leeway now where it's like I'm getting to do an hour and develop into an hour before because I feel like now the the industry wants you to go backwards. Mm. They're like they want you to have a, this great hour and then they start headlining you for thirty minutes on the road, you know, like in a lot of cases. And it's like now I'm I get to do it the other way, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like I get to just work on. I get these long, long set. I just was in Northern California. I did an hour and 15, you know, wow. how many comics seven years in ever get to do an hour and Damn, 15, that's crazy. you know, in front of a crowd, you yeah. know? So it's like, I, I'm very fortunate, which is probably why it seems like I'm like, I'm just like this eternal optimist who like probably seems kind of naive, but it's just like, I'm only going to be grateful for where I'm at right now. Yeah. I can. Only. I mean, as long as you're, you're just doing comedy. Yeah. It's like, that's you're, all you're going to do it no matter what. Right. Successful or not. So and it's you like, might as well. Just... I have good months and I have bad months financially and it's not all glamorous and yeah. I wouldn't be able to afford to do it if it wasn't for my husband's financial backing, by the way, which a lot of people need to understand about my case. Man, that's really cool of you to. That's even... so cool. He's supportive. Yeah. But it's even cool for you to, to say that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, I would never want anybody to get the, you know, when people ask me, they're like, well, you're doing it. And I'm like, well, let's be clear that my husband is financially supporting me. I pay, you know, the few things I pay for and he makes sure everything else is paid for so that I can literally focus on. He's so supportive. He's very supportive. I love that. I mean, he's, he's betting on a meal ticket. He thinks that someday (laughs) he's going to happen. He's going to be himself up. He's like, someday I'm going to be taking back. Yeah. He, and he's, he's very much believes in me. You know, I know because he brings like friends and family to shows all the time and proud of you. He's very proud of me. So, you know, anyone who's listening, who's like, well, she's seven years in and full time. It's like, I am a very specific situation. Like I, my husband and I talked about me quitting my job for a year before I quit my job. We set ourselves up by moving in with my family for two years and then saving up money. And then we got to a place where we could move back out with the little money I was making. Aww. And, you know, and it's, I've grown it ever since then, but I'm also an incredibly self-motivated, responsible person when it comes to my business. So if you're not like that, that like, gets, are you talking about get stoned? Yeah. I mean that. And then, you know, I have a you know, my production company that puts on the shows I put on and help oh, sponsor yeah. the festival that we put on. And 
Tell us uh, you know, about- like a comic was texting me Monday and they were like, hey, like, let's go have dinner. And I'm like, I can't. Monday is my office day. And they're like, I don't understand. And I'm like, Monday is the day when I send all my emails like, and you I know check that my calendar. Place that if you weren't a comic, you'd probably have to go to. <laughs> the thing we're running from. Money. Yeah. But it's like it's the it right now I, I can grow my career if I do it. You know, I can apply those business skills to myself and I do it. that's the way I do it. So like I am a very specific set of circumstances. Please do not model what you do in stand up off me ever. Yeah. Like because no, everyone's journey is yeah. very individual, and it's not fair for you to model off like how other people do it because it'll never be no no. Two, no I, I would never, never be, be able to live the life I live without my husband. Like I would be living in a car if yeah, if, if sure. I off of what I make right now. But you know, it's it's I'll do anything. You know, like I'll do anything to just stand up right. <laughs> because it's like I do say that. But if I if I wasn't with my husband, I probably would be living stand in up a car. His life. <laughs> I've lived in my car. You know? I wish I had a husband. <laughs> that's hilarious, babe. I'm your husband. Yeah, I know. That's I live with you. I mean now. <laughs> so well, I um I love this episode. Thank you so much for coming on and taking Being time super out of serious. Your... No, it was funny. It was <laughs> no, real. It, wasn't. it was it, it was, was fine, no, there was funny there was funny moments. I love how I'm you're if you want to see Jocelyn be funny, go to one of her shows. If you want to see her be serious, <laughs> listen to this episode of the podcast again. Um, also want to thank my uh, uh, the comedian and also my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> the comedian. <laughs> I mean, my boyfriend and also a comedian, uh, Matt Edgar, for coming on and telling us. You can see this so next many, comic yeah. waiting for his girlfriend, Rachel Wilson, to get off stage. Thank you. Uh, I adore both of you. And um, can you promote like uh, where, where people can follow, find, yeah. purchase? When, is, when will this go up? Uh, probably next week or next couple weeks. Okay. Uh, if this goes up before March 6th and 7th and you're in the Corpus Christi area, you can see me headlining the Mesquite Street Comedy Club. Ooh, um, yeah. It should be fun, but please come out to that. Um, that sounds because delicious. Because my pay depends on whether you do or not. Yeah, so I'll support <laughs> her. I love Corp. I've done comedy in Corpus Christi. I love Corpus. I'm Christi. super stoked. We're going to be there spring break week, so it'll be wild. Um, ooh, it's going to be insane, which is kind of down my. I'm that's sort of my style of comedy. So I make sure you it. listen to Selena one night. But go to JoslynSharp.com. J O Z A L Y N Sharp like a sharp knife. My dates are always up there. You can buy tickets there. You can find out where I'm going to be. You can follow all my social medias there. Find my podcasts, Metal Sucks and Rise to Offend. Neither of them have anything to do with comedy, but if you like metal music, you can listen to us interview the most dope metal bands of today. I love that. And uh, on Rise to Offend, we do audio documentaries about the most offensive figures in history. Um, So we just did the Joker. So we talked about, you know, the art versus art inspiring violence. Wow. And based like in context of the Joker. So if you like stuff like that, that's where all you can find me. That's so cool. (laughs) Well, uh, babe. I'm at Matt Edgar and uh, you go there. That's where you'll see everything that I have to offer. Wow. (laughs) Everything. That's hilarious. I've been kicked Uh, off Instagram a bunch. um, Also, uh, Matt and I are going to have a podcast coming out soon called Got You Babe. And it's uh, us being together. Mm-hmm. Talking about being together, cute. Yeah, yeah, we're adorbs. Um, we let you in on the life that we live on the inside. On the inside, and if you like that sort of thing, <laughs> don't 
don't tune into the, our podcast. Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a good podcast. Kind of disgusting <laughs> to get higher. Fuck to whatever you know. Wow, fucking to a podcast. It's just two comedians that 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 uh, are, are doing together. each other. They're, yep, are doing it together. Yeah, life and each other. Yep, fun. <laughs> so <time>. yeah, you can. <laughs> If you feel like stopping by there, it's at Got You Babe Pod. You can follow me at Wolfie Comedy, Wolf, at Wolfie Memes, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, and yeah, this has been another episode of Chronic Relief. Hope you guys liked it. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. 